1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real tech advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. When COVID-19 hit in March this year, small business owners braced themselves for what we all hoped would be a few weeks of disruption and financial pain. But now, seven months into the pandemic, many small businesses are still operating at limited capacity or have shuttered completely. In fact, nearly 79% of small businesses have experienced moderate to large negative effects as a result of the pandemic, with many of them pivoting strategy and doing what they can to just survive. We know local businesses are so much more than what they sell, which is why we have joined forces with MasterCard to work alongside them during this time. Through their small business initiatives and new campaign, MasterCard is shining a light on the impact small businesses have on our economy and our lives. With their Path to Priceless Mentorship and Digital Doors program, they're also helping local businesses succeed in their communities and online. For this episode of Work Party, I sit down with Cheryl Guerin, the Executive Vice President, North American Marketing and Communications at MasterCard, to get all the details behind this new initiative and why they're so committed to ensuring our small businesses are here today, tomorrow, and beyond. Because together, we can still start something priceless. So let's get right in. First and foremost, let's just kick off with you telling us a little bit about your role at MasterCard, how long you've been there. And what your sort of career trajectory was getting to
1: where you are now. So I can't believe this, but I've been at MasterCard for 20 years, which is literally a lifetime. You know, I have to say the company has evolved and changed so much. It really feels like I've been at five or six different companies along the way. When I started at MasterCard, I came from the ad agency side of the business. I came to work on this wonderful campaign called Priceless that launched, believe it or not, in 1997, which is, you know, right before I started. I run North America marketing and communications now. I started as a manager at MasterCard and, and sort of worked my way up to this. And uh, it's been just a wonderful, wonderful ride. And it's, a, it's an amazing company.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to say anyone's been anywhere for 20 years. I feel like that's not normal these days. But what, like you said, you feel like you've been at multiple different companies. What do you think the key success is to keeping employees retained for this long and to kind of keep them excited about the job that they're doing?
1: I think part of it is, is just the challenge, um, you know, constantly being challenged. And I think what's interesting is, you know, when I started at MasterCard, we were an association. And we went to privately held, and then we went to a public company. And the challenge of moving through those uh, periods was quite amazing. And just think about payments, payments. Just over the last five years, you know, more innovation has happened in payments than the last forty years. So I can tell you, it's just been this most exciting time. And one of the things I just love about working at Mastercard that makes it never ever boring is We work with tons of different bank partners, tons of merchants. So every day I'm listening to a partner and understanding their business, whether it's a small business or a large retailer or a restaurant or, you know, or a fintech and trying to understand their business and figuring out how we add uh, value and help everybody grow their business, grow the digital economy. So it's it's just uh, an amazing, you know, situation.
0: Yeah, and that's so true about payments in the past five years have changed exponentially and continue to evolve and change. Um, So I do want to talk about the Priceless campaign, which now is like a very famous ad campaign. But you helped spearhead it and kind of branch out into Priceless cities, Priceless surprises, and the Priceless causes stand up to cancer platform. All of which are essentially build more meaningful connections, experiences, and change. So, how is MasterCard helping create meaningful connections and change within the small business community? And particularly, I mean, with our partnership, helping female founders.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I tell you, one of the most gratifying opportunities in my career has been to really look at and really understand how we truly can help small businesses. When we saw the trend that was happening with the growth of women opening businesses at, you know, over a five-year trajectory, it was literally like five times the rate of male-owned businesses. And then we talked to small business owners, women small business owners, to get an understanding of what was going on and why and any pain points they had. And, you know, it's so interesting Then you look at the stats, there's lots of challenges that they have lots of opportunities, but there was a disparity and an interesting one that came up, which is that 2% of all VC funding was going to women owned businesses. So they were such a force when you looked at the revenues coming in for women owned businesses, such a force for the economy, yet unbelievable that only 2% of the funding was coming in. And then even worse when you looked at minority owned businesses. And, you know, like Black women owned businesses were growing phenomenally, the fastest segment of all women owned. of VC funding. So, you know, we looked at this and we said, one, we have to shine a light. We have to use this amazing priceless platform that we have to shine a light and let everybody know the contribution that the amazing small business women founders are bringing to the economy, the value they're bringing. And frankly, when we talked to them, each shared their story of their idea and how it contributes in a larger way to society. And so it's like, there's a purpose-driven mission that women have behind their businesses. It's not just about making money. They know they need to make money to stay in business, but there's a higher order. So we wanted to shine a light on this and we launched Her Ideas, Start Something Priceless, where we actually really showcased wonderful women and their stories. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great because you guys
0: do have the financial data to really back up these claims, which is really important, obviously, as you know, women seek more funding or more investment. So, walk us through your new small business campaign and small business initiatives that are helping drive greater connections with consumers and their businesses.
1: Sure. Well, one of the things overall, the prices campaign, we wanted to move it and we consciously have over the years from an ad campaign to an action oriented program. How do we enable? You know, and we do that by enabling experiences, whether that is Actually, working with Create and Cultivate and creating small business summits to bring in women business owners to learn from each other, to network, to get mentorship. And in fact, when we talk to women, you know, when we obviously capital is critical to run your business, this mentorship advice and creating a safe environment for women to learn from each other was by far the second need and desire of women. And so we put this in place as well. So we have this wonderful campaign that shines a light and tells the stories of how small businesses are so much more than the goods they sell, what they're contributing to our neighborhoods that are, you know, and truly the stories um, of what they bring and how personalized the experiences with small businesses is so, it is really priceless. So we have this wonderful campaign and alongside it, We have a series of events, virtual Ask Me Anything sessions, ongoing, you know, we move from physical events to virtual events in light of COVID. But the important point is we took the action to bring people together, businesses to talk and learn from each other. And then critically, we've made major commitments, $250 million new commitment on top of other commitments that we've made in the past, a total of about $750 million overall committed to underserved people and businesses to make sure we continue to see small businesses thrive and move into the digital economy, which is, which is critical right now.
0: Your business is more than the goods you sell or the services you provide. It's the heart of the economy. That's why I'm teaming up with MasterCard to support entrepreneurs by sharing my tips and advice to help their local business, like the importance of having a mentor or being one. We are all about mentorship at Create & Cultivate. If you've attended one of our IRL or digital events, you know how popular our Mentor Power Hours are. Mentors are not only a wealth of information, they also help boost your confidence by giving you actionable advice, which is vital regardless of where you're at in your career. Ask any successful person about their career trajectory and they'll likely cite the mentors who inspired or helped them along the way. I know I have mine. Mentors have stories that push us to work harder. They've made mistakes we can learn from, and they tell you when you should do better. Constructive criticism is often easier to receive from your mentor than your boss. Hey, no one likes being told when they're in the wrong, but when feedback is coming from an objective third party, AKA someone existing outside of your workplace issues, it's much easier to take their suggestions. Anyone willing to be a mentor is likely well-connected too. And if you impress them, chances are they'll be willing to introduce you to others in their network. On the flip side of the coin, if you're looking to take your career to the next level, consider becoming a mentor yourself. In simple terms, it's rewarding and fulfilling. Helping someone else make the most of their career is the ultimate way of paying it forward. Doing so may just make you an expert in your field too. When you're focusing on your area of expertise, you're becoming an expert on the topic as a result whether you realize it or not. For more tools and resources, go to mastercard.us slash localbiz. That's mastercard.us slash localbiz. Together, let's start something priceless. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. Yeah, the commitments you guys have made have been really amazing and um, really important. So, we have to talk a little bit about COVID. You know, so obviously, COVID hit in March this year. I mean, we were all hopeful for a few weeks of disruption and financial pain, but now here we are, seven months into this pandemic, and nearly 79% of small businesses have been impacted and either operating at a limited capacity or closed their doors altogether. So, you know, we know you guys pivoted alongside us. You know, we were definitely one of those self funded small businesses that our entire industry was decimated in terms of offline events. So how has MasterCard pivoted along with the community to help the needs of small businesses?
1: And what has been the response? Sure. By the way, the movement towards more digital payments has been happening for some time now. But when COVID hit, this was it. This is like point in time, everything moves digital, right? And, and even in the physical space, a complete reset of what has to happen in a physical environment, things like contactless payment, which we've been offering for several years in the United States, finally takes off, right? And it's it's so interesting because in other markets, it took off when transit went live. And then as an example, when New York City transit went live, people started using contactless every day and they learned how easy and convenient it is. When COVID hit, The ability to have a contactless payment, so you don't have to exchange a card with the clerk at the store, and you could have a real contactless experiences at retail. And then you go to the digital side of the house. Getting everybody digital is critical right now. So we launched something called Digital Doors. You know, again, we always had these services, but we needed to package them up quickly and make it as easy as possible for small businesses to be able to leverage them. So, you know, one of the things we did was we created a series of partnerships, a curriculum for learning, how do you move into the digital payments, here's the partners to get you up and live on digital payments, everything you need to know about security, and then even a digital diagnostic that you could put your business through that then gives you back, here's recommendations on the things you should be doing for your business. I have to say, thank goodness we had a lot ready to go. It just was now needing to be clear that this is available and, and packaged in a way to make it easier. And uh, us, along with great partners that we have, uh, made this happen very quickly.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. We've basically fast forward five-plus years in terms of where we're at in terms of commerce and digital and all these different things. And it'll be interesting going into next year to see how, we sort of turn into this new hybrid uh, role of physical, digital, et cetera. But exactly, contactless payment was something I never even thought of as like a thing. And now it's like going to be the future of everything that we do. Contactless, honestly, everything. Um, One of the major things that, you know, we've seen a massive influx in and something that I know we're all spending time on is social media marketing. You know, it's more important than ever that our consumers spend time online, they're engaging on social, they're connecting with brands there. Where should we be focusing our marketing strategies and dollars right now to resonate with new, with the new consumers that are living and breathing online?
1: You know, uh, this is so dependent on your audience. So understanding who your audience is, where they are, um, and then how they like to engage. And some of this just happens by sheer uh, testing. Putting content out there, you know, certainly understanding where your your audience is, but then, you know, testing messages, testing content, see what sticks. I think, you know, digital video is so important right now on so many fronts. People are watching and um, participating in it, but also it gives you a chance to show that side of the small business. Like I think of a storefront, if I go into a storefront in my neighborhood, you know, the, the pizzeria, the coffee shop, the, you know, the craft store, all these, the awesome artisan foods. Like if I go into all these places, the owners of these places and the workers there make it special. They each have a unique story. So the importance of telling your story on digital now to not lose that. I I really think it's the priceless touch of small business. That's really critical um, on social.
0: Yeah, and you're absolutely right. It, and, you know, people more and more, especially Gen Z and early millennials, care about who they're buying from, what their story is, how they're sourcing their goods, all of those information uh, that kind of tells that, that small business story. But one of the things that we're also seeing, so obviously more people online, more people engaging on social media, but there's also been a significant spike in fraud and cyber hacking. So how is MasterCard helping businesses protect their cybersecurity, something that's often overlooked? Talk us through your initiatives that you've launched now, and why is it more important than
1: ever? So I I tell you, it's one of the shocking stats that I've seen is that over 80% of small businesses aren't doing anything related to cybersecurity to protect their environment. You know, when we saw this stat, and frankly, you know, that's the truth. When, you know, people see where the behavior is, the behavior moves online, that's where the fraudsters go. And so what we've done is a a few different things. First of all, we put out a set of cybersecurity tools that are actually free. They're free for small businesses right now at digitaldoors.com on our, on our site at mastercard.com. You know, we have a service ID theft protection, really important. You know, big companies and brands can get taken down through ID theft issues and stop business. And it's a small business can't afford to do, to have those kind of, uh, they're worse than hiccups. Uh, the, you know, it's like a disaster. So uh, the ability to have uh, ID theft protection, and then we do a free, we have a company that uh, we own called Risk Recon, and we do free cyber assessments. So you could come in, learn, and understand what needs to get done for your business to protect it in this, you know, new era of digital.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. It's something that um, I've learned so much about through digital doors. And of course, Ginger and your team who have been talking about this for so long, the cybersecurity angel of small biz. But no, it's so important and something that's so often overlooked or or not spent money on, especially right now going into the holiday season. It's so crucial. But at the same time, all of these tools are amazing, but we're also seeing hundreds of thousands of small businesses close permanently due to the pandemic. But at the same time, applications for new U.S. businesses are rising with 3.2 million so far, the fastest rate since 2007. So why do you think this is, and how can we support these new entrepreneurs to ensure that they don't you know, become part of that uh, really sad statistic?
1: You know, it's so uh, sad to hear those statistics because it truly is. It's, it's the American dream. People are, they have these amazing ideas. They know that the needs are there for those they want to serve. And it's a real challenge right now. You know, on the, on the bright side of things, there are so many companies right now that are trying to help. We know that small businesses are the backbone of our economy. So we need them to succeed. So as an example MasterCard is providing a significant amount of capitals through uh, what we call CDFIs, Community Development Financial Institutions or Community Development Credit Unions. And they're distributing the capital and the lending uh, to small businesses. And there's so many of these out there right now that are doing this. And uh, you know, when I talk about MasterCard's commitment to get capital into the hands of small businesses, $500 million, in fact, of capital, there's Grameen America, there's Axion, there's a variety of these, there's C-Note, and so many more of these, you know, that can truly help jumpstart and also save uh, many of the businesses that are out there. And what's the
0: benefit of a a CDFI versus like a small business loan or
1: raising money or any of the above? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the reasons that we're working with CDFIs is it ensures that the money's getting into those truly in need. And they're doing two things. I mean, we're working with CDFIs in a few different ways. Certainly, we're funneling capital. But for many of them, like we're working with Grameen right now, and we've worked with them to ensure that they actually are using electronic disbursements to make sure loans get into the hands of small businesses faster. And so this has allowed them to get money out quicker at scale to many, many businesses. So this is a really important thing. And we see DFIs are doing uh, wonderful work.
0: Yeah, and I, that's so important um, in terms of speed, because this year, unlike any other year, cash flow is so important, so critical to just keeping doors open, you know, more so than because there's no predictability in terms of what, what's going on. But the good news is, is that spending is picking up as cities and states are starting to lift restrictions. Almost 90% report that they are fully or partially open. So how should small business owners prepare for the shift in consumer behavior and spending habits?
1: And what advice can you share? Sure. So one thing I would say is this is good. We're seeing this in our data too. We're seeing the lift coming and we're seeing as businesses are opening, there's some balance, right? There's some more balance in the sense that people will then also have more physical purchases. But let's not be fooled that when it opens, that some of these behaviors that are happening in digital are cemented. People have learned to shop digital. Those holdouts that actually didn't shop digital before or actually were nervous to shop digital at small merchants have done it and have overcome fears. One thing I would say is making sure you still focus on your digital servicing. And then the second is now you think through the touchless environment in the physical world. And that's where. You know, for us, uh, we encourage contactless payment, and then just thinking through the entire uh, touchless experience and journey that both your employees and your customers would have, because they need to feel safe to come into the environment.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's such great advice. This has also been an incredibly challenging time for small business owners, but oftentimes, unfortunate circumstances, very much like the first recession that we had gone through, breed creativity. So what have been some of the impressive pivots in creative problem solving you've seen from small business owners during COVID?
1: Well, I mean, it's one of these things that it just goes right back to what we said earlier that small businesses, there's something really special like about small businesses and that they are not only focused on uh, their revenues, but they're also thinking about how they give back to society. And this is where we've seen it. I find it just remarkable that all of a sudden a small business is manufacturing masks or making the hand sanitizer and they completely pivot their business. The fact that so many have moved to digital, I know 76% of small businesses say they've been prompted to go digital, but the fact that people have moved this quickly is quite remarkable as well. And they're leveraging, in many cases, they might be leveraging marketplaces. And, you know, and that might be an interim solution, might be a long-term solution, depending on the business. But it, it is really important that you look at the different ways to go digital and move as quickly. But I, I tell you, it's, it's quite remarkable going right back to the creativity of small businesses in the first place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And a big part of the small business initiative that you guys have been focusing on is mentorship. You know, research has shown that early mentorship can have a major impact on a small business revenue and growth. And a recent survey found that 70% of small businesses that received mentoring survived more than 5 years, double the survival rate of a non-mentored business. So talk us through your goals for the Path to Priceless initiative, how you're
1: helping connect small business owners with mentors and why this matters. Your stats are 100% right and, you know, we confirmed this in the research that we did as well. You know, our initial goal is to get 1 million people, women small business owners, through our programs, uh, our mentorship programs. And we do that actually in partnership with you, Jacqueline, through Create and Cultivate. We do this with Hello, Alice. And speaking of pivots, you know, this is something you did, your business. We work with you and we do live events. We and the teams together quickly pivoted to virtual Uh, events and experiences. And I have to say, it's enabling us to scale even quicker. So we've had 250,000 women already go through this program in the last year. And we continue down this path to get more women networking together, getting advice, learning from each other, and continually building the confidence to keep going. And for you personally, who has been a mentor for you in the career world? I tell you, uh, one of the bosses I had in my career at at MasterCard gave me advice and it, it changed my career path. And, you know, sometimes we err towards what we're comfortable or what we know we love. And you see, I'm still doing advertising, but years ago, I was doing some other things and I wanted to do more advertising. It was where I started my career and I always loved it. And my boss said, But you, you've done it already, you learned it. It's time for you to take on a new challenge. And she suggested I do digital marketing. And I swear to God, at the time, I was like, You, you know, you want me to run websites. And I have to tell you, between everything that's evolved, you know, in social, between how you really engage and create connections getting into digital early in my career was a game changer for me. And I always tell people now when I talk to them about their careers that you need to skill collect. And so this requires you to do things out of your comfort zone and keep taking on new challenges. By the way, I think small businesses do this all the time and they are up for the biggest challenge of their lives right now in everything that's going on. But I do think skill collecting so that you wear a number of hats, that you learn this and that you can relate to every job in your group is really important.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a great tip. It's, and it's so true. It's like generalists versus specialists and thinking through that in the hiring process. You know, Right now, business owners need everyone to wear a million hats. But you know, you've always been a champion of women in business. Why is it so important to elevate female voices in business?
1: And do you think we're getting closer to achieving equity and what hurdles do we still have to achieve that? You know, some things I feel, you know, it it requires getting that light shined on it and it being known. And once it is, you know, it starts to go like wildfire and you see this happening, the gender pay gap at large corporations, that's happening now. You know, it's very visible. Uh, Corporations are being, you know, called to the carpet and they have to deliver. And I work in a group, by the way, at MasterCard, our North America management team at MasterCard is over 50% women right? And and by the way, it should always be mixed because diversity matters, right? And that's the whole point, that the more diverse points of view you have at the table, the more likely you are to succeed as a company. And so that's really important. So I feel that there's a lot more attention right now. I feel it's getting there. And you know, interestingly enough, small business is getting a lot of attention right now. And so I think this is where people are anting up MasterCard and others are coming to the table and saying we have to do something to save small businesses and help right now. I know we're going to continue to focus on women's small businesses as part of that effort because they need to be included. We need to continue to rise and shine a light on this. So I do have promise and hope that the attention on it is at uh, an all-time high. Totally agree. I mean, I think that with
0: MasterCard being a massive company, the steps you've taken to support small businesses are huge. And honestly, not all large corporations went in that direction. A lot of people pulled out of their small business contracts, um, really hurting that community. So I do think there is a responsibility for these larger companies. And I think you guys have really led the way in how you've approached this crisis, really, you know, especially for women and women's small businesses. But you've had such an impressive career, Looking back day one you know, of your career, what advice would you give yourself?
1: You would laugh now because when I started in the ad industry, it was many, many years ago, and I saw most of the men starting out in the level above me. You know, They all got business development jobs or something different. And uh, the women right out of college went right into uh, like assistant roles. I, I would tell you what I did. I never complained about it. I don't know if that's the right or the wrong thing to do. What I would tell you is I just show it in my work. And I've been lucky to have champions along the way that have seen it and helped along the way. Now, thank God it's not like that anymore. You know, it's like a very different, it was very Mad Men back then. And it wasn't that long, ago. but all right. It it really is different now. But I, I will say the advice is do the best job you can do. Show that you're a force, right? Show it and then find the champions that will be your voice so that you can actually, uh, champion yourself even more so. And those mentors and supporters are there with you along the way. And, uh, and I think that's really important. Absolutely. And what has been a priceless moment in your career? Honestly, just being able to manage a team. I I had a team meeting today and we focused on, uh, creativity, right. And, uh, and at the end of the day, I truly believe that uh, creativity is the only way to drive competitive advantage. And you have to consistently reinvent yourself. It's hard to pick one uh, priceless moment. It might be meeting Justin Timberlake. Ooh, I just thought of that one. That was a really, really good one. He was an sp- <laughs> ambassador of ours and we sponsored his tour and that was amazing. Uh, but truly, anything related to my team to watch to watch their careers grow, to see them move around, to see them get excited. We do these innovation challenges all the time, and it just sparks and breeds new ideas and creativity. That's the stuff I get a jolt out of, really.
0: That and Justin Timberlake, so I understand that. I love it. Look, those are important details that we needed. So I appreciate that. Um, So we are going to wrap with some sentence finishers. My priceless money tip for small business owners is... Go digital. The best way
1: to support women-owned businesses is by... Supporting women-owned businesses. Go shop there. Go, Go participate. Shine a light. Tell people about their stories. The best career advice I ever received is... Take chances. Don't stay in a comfort zone. And the future of small businesses. Very bright. Yay. Ending on a positive note. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you so much. So much fun as always. And Jacqueline, thank you for everything you guys do with us. I mean, it's really wonderful to partner with you and to bring mentorship and advice to to women uh, with us. You've been a wonderful partner. Appreciate it. Oh, we feel the exact same way.
0: For more inspiring conversations like this one, subscribe to WorkParty on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at WorkParty on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.